Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Welcome everybody to our annual Pride episode. Uh, we love doing this show. It's always a fun conversation. There's always so much to talk about because it's political, it's cultural, it's everything. Uh, this year, of course, uh, a lot more context than usual. We are in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, Supreme Court is ruling against discrimination against LGBTQ identified people in the workplace. Some things to celebrate, some things not to celebrate. We are also in the midst of a national reckoning on racism in policing and racism in our society. All of those things are swirling around in a stew of this year's pride, uh, which I am calling inside pride uh, because <laughs> from what I understand and the joy of pride and the pride celebration, it's about being outdoors. It's about expressing yourself and being who you are and being with people who are like you and being with people who aren't like you. Uh, and there shan't be any of that this year. But there's a lot of other good stuff going on, um, and we are here to discuss it tonight with our friend Travis. Welcome, Travis. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I always love coming on. It's always a pleasure. And a first-time guest, very excited. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here, Imani. Welcome to Margin Call. Thank you. Happy to be here. Um, so, you know, I gave a brief enough intro. You guys already know what's going on in the world. I don't need to remind you. Um, but when we were talking before the show, Travis, I did use that phrase inside pride, um, which I like because it rhymes. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess we can unpack what it means later on. <laughs> but you said I'm proud inside all the time. Now, does that mean do, does that mean I'm proud all, all the time inside? Doesn't matter who cares. Or does that mean I'm always proud inside? I want to be proud outside now. Where's my parade? It definitely does not saying? mean that I want to be proud outside. I'm I'm cool not being outside right now. You mean right now or always? There's no part of you that's like, where's my parade? Um, no. I mean, listen, I am, you know, I've been in New York for most of my gay life. Um, and pride has always sort of like been the center of my year. But you sort of like hit a point where like, you know, pride is a young man's game. I feel like that's a, it's a long day. Wow. Um, so, <laughs> wow. It's a, long, hot, it's a long, hot day. Um, so like, you know, usually at this stage of my life, like I go away from the city for pride and like hang out with people outside of the city. Um, so I kind of miss that, but like with the way the city is right now, it sort of feel, this feels right to connect with it people feels... in a different way. Yeah, that's good. That is a, a much nicer, much, much more contextualized way of thinking about it. Although I will push back I on you. Your... Like, I also feel like there's a way in which this year pride has felt more like when I have conversations with my friends about pride this year, it felt more activist and, uh, than it has felt in any time in my life. Like pride always felt like a big party. And this year people are like connecting with what I think was their original spirit of pride. Yeah. I mean, I think I've, I've noticed a lot of that as well. Obviously, I mean, we celebrated the anniversary of uh, Stonewall last year, which was an uprising uh, against abusive police. You know, I mean, the right. beginning of the gay liberation movement in this country was uh, saying no to abusive policing. And it was people of color, largely. Uh, so the history is there. I've also heard that people in some ways were a little relieved 
because uh, people are so overwhelmed by the commercialization of pride. It's just like all beer commercials and, you know, like banks <laughs> that want to change their logos through. You know, so like when right. you're at pride, it doesn't feel like an exciting subversive thing anymore. It just feels like a cheesy corporate parade. And now considering the political context we're in, and the fact that we won't be doing things run of the mill, it is a time for reflection and think about what is pride and what was the origin and what can we do to kind of advance um, and like that what's agenda. actually happening in our community, right? Like in a more intersectional way, like there's a way in which I think when you think of pride and you the face of pride and this sort of corporate context, it's always this like white gay man's face. And, mm -hmm. and despite the fact that like, you know, there are lots of communities who are lots of queer communities who are of color don't have, you know, the same experience or the same representation. So it feels great to be in a space where we are thinking more broadly about pride and our community as a whole. Um, and I don't think that that would have happened in the way that it's happening, but for this moment. Yeah, no, I agree. Well said. Imani, as you've heard, Travis mm -hmm. and I are, you know, reporting from the ground. New York City, but you're across yeah. the country. You're in the Bay Area. Yeah. You're experiencing this. Are you seeing some of the same things? Does it feel a little bit different out there? What is what does this kind of pride mean for you in this year and in this moment? So I'll say, um, especially I'm in Oakland, and especially in Oakland, um, there are parts of Oakland that are doing really well um, with the quarantine, and parts that are just just never even started. Um, so with a kind of a mixture of those things and having been in like San Francisco, where like one of our largest prides is in Northern California anyway, um, I've noticed that um, we have not had any official pride parades. No, but I, I was out pride weekend. I was grocery shopping. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like the, the pride is still there. So it's not a it's not necessarily been a parade, but like so many rainbows and you know like our usual kick it and so i i was loving it and i still love it and i I've, i'm seeing like more rainbow mass and things like that but i agree um i agree that it's been really really like monetized you know like they they kind of bottled it up and made it pretty and made it acceptable for the rest of society and while you know that's cute and all um, i'm i'm more of a rebel and so i'm more um on track with the original, you know, trans African-American woman that, that started, you know, pride, like you said, um, with, um, starting the riots and it was against the police, but I also been seeing a lot of like, a lot of people coming together. And so it is more acceptable out here while we're still celebrating it in our own way, very flagrantly, you know, like I said, rainbows everywhere. Um, I, I still see, we're still protesting actually um, for the Black Lives Matter movement and it's just kind of merged. Um, and now we're just protesting about everything. I literally think there was a protest yesterday. Um, I had a few friends out there. And so it's for Pride this year, um, I'm definitely seeing us getting back to the roots of it being more of a, like, uh, a protest in a sense, you know, like us right. being like, this is us period. And like, come at me. Um, and so the spirit is still there of pride out here, including all of the monetized things, like you said, the banks and everything like that, but also just kind of feel it in the air. We're all, we're, we're still very unapologetic about it out here. Um, and kind of, I feel like, you know, Oakland is always the the younger sister that's ready to pounce. I feel like out here um, in our community, 
we're very much, not only are we um, unapologetic, but we're very much kind of waiting for some, like daring someone would say something to oppose it. You know, it feels um, a little tense, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There's a lot of real stuff happening right now. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what both of you are getting at, which is, you know, yeah, usually it is just like, I mean, of course, there are all kinds of political implications, but it's been a long time since Pride was an intense, defiant, subversive event. And in some ways, that's a measure of progress, right? Like there was less to push back against and there were milestones that were actually important when you talk about gay marriage and you talk about just cultural ability in general. Um, but this is a good reminder. Uh, and I think it is appropriate for there to be a little bit of tension because there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, right? Uh, Travis, since you have just inexplicably cast yourself as, you know, this old man who can't be bothered to be out in the street. I'm 2000 years old, which is crazy. (laughs) Or you you feel the same way, Imani? You're like, I'm over it. I'm not trying to be outside anyway. Yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't been a pride outside for like two years. Um, and then before then we had decided every other year and it's mostly, I mean, you know, I'm old too, but it was mostly because it was Girl, like, you're not on, that old. I'm Stop it. See, Stop yes, it. I'm you old. are not. No. Thank you, Amy. <laughs> I'm no, old no, enough no. that my knee, my knees hurt. My knees be hurting. Listen, no. okay? Um, Listen, but I, that I just could think- be something serious. You might have rheumatoid arthritis. That might not have to do with your age. You know what I mean? No, I'm excited <laughs> an old people's thing i'm just telling you but <laughs> okay I fine so go on the record tell us imani what do you think an old person is how old are you moment of truth um you're not you're not supposed to ask a lady her age <laughs> that's true that's true but i am an uncompromising journalist i am <laughs> 42 years old you're not old i am 42 oh okay. i'm 29 i'm 29 29 all right, now yeah, we know I where like we stand. Around twenty nine, okay. the youngest I was like, one here, in money. Just whatever. I'm for a second. But Pride just isn't even. It's, it's just not fun anymore. It was. It hasn't been. Yeah, fun for us. I get that. I feel like at twenty nine, I had hit pride fatigue. Yes, yes, and before, <laughs> but honestly, we used to go in San Francisco, and like there was like the pink party afterwards, which is what everybody really looks forward to. Walking right. around all day is cute or whatever, and showing off your you know extremely it's extravagant work. rainbow swag is great. But like you said, it's hot. Um, also, lots of fights. Running because- into all those exes? Are you yes. kidding me? Weird. Is ghost of Dick's ass. It's it's crazy. Not only is it the exes, but I have aunties <laughs> out there watching me act a fool. So uh, it was a lot. But a lot. I think that like San Francisco was so big, and there were a lot of fights, and there was a lot of violence because the stupidest thing would happen where a lot of straight men would come to Pride trying to prank mm-hmm. on bisexual and lesbian women but then be mad when they're around they don't when even they have get to turned down yep. but not even hit on they don't have to be hit on they're just around gay men being themselves and loving themselves and that would piss them off and so it, it started to become really aggressive like this weird cis straight male energy and i was like i'm over it but also because of the violence pride in san francisco anyway started to kind of shrink like how big it was so like Last the last time I went, it was literally just vendors, and then for like five hours, and then they like cut everybody off. There was no party afterwards. Most of the bars were like not open. 
They were kind of just trying to get people out of there. Out of like six BART stations, only one was open. I felt like I was being herded and it was more like a festival than a like a party you know before pride was like fun and i met people and it was great and you can dance and there was different stages with different music but the the last couple years there were different stages but it was earlier um and then it just wasn't it just wasn't for us anymore it felt more like look at our looks on the news yeah yeah i didn't like it yeah the last pride i went to i got to i was in and it was the year that marriage equality happened. So it was huge. Oh, it was humongous and it was a huge party. And I just remember thinking, and my niece, my niece was visiting and she came with me. Um, and I remember thinking that like, this is, it's never going to be this good again. And so I'm like, I'm going out on top. <laughs> smart. That's smart. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I have to ask very quickly, Travis, if it's all right with you. You know, I don't know what this is going to do for our search engine optimization, but with your permission, I would like to call this episode uh, Ghost of Dick's Past. <laughs> is that... <laughs> That's going to get some that really is... weird people looking at our fucking website. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That is what Pride or, is. Or exactly the right people. You know what I mean? I spend like... Pride like running into guys <laughs> and you're like, oh, that happened. That happened. That happened. <laughs> and you're totally did that. Um, I definitely go like, what was I thinking? Or like, I don't recognize the person. I don't do shame, but I definitely go, oof, oof. Yeah. Or oof. like, maybe that person wasn't as attractive as you thought they were at the time. Kind Correct. of a situation. Correct. Like, oh my goodness, the sun is out. Can somebody oh, right. get that person back indoors? <laughs> yeah. For me, it was shame because there was a lot of sympathy sex. So I run into not even necessarily Aww. exes, but a lot of ah. I did that because I felt <laughs> bad. <laughs> like fuck. Yeah. Wow, that should be its own parade. Yep. That's a, I, I did that because I felt bad parade. <laughs> oh no. I think I mean I think you're both onto something, which is like, what is Pride really about? It is a youthful event or it should be a youthful event you know what i mean you don't need it you don't want a bunch of dinosaurs at the front of that parade um and it's it's exhausting in its own way but i think this highlights the point and and i would like to ask this question of you know even younger people than us because i read something in, in the newspaper today about people who came out this year Right. This was their year. They're young people. They're like, whatever. They're you know, 15, 17, 19, whatever. Young people who are, you know, came out to their families and they were getting, you know, this was going to be their first pride. And, you know, that was the first time I because I've been reading a lot about this. What does it mean when you don't have a pride parade? And that was the first time I was like, well, that that is actually really sad, you know, to be a young person who's like, oh, my God, this is going to be my first. I'm going to go buck wild. This is going to be the best. I can't wait. You know, and there are a lot of people who aren't getting to have like special milestones in their lives. Obviously, people who graduated from high school, or from college, and there are all kinds of tragic things happening in the world. But just, mm-hmm. you know, in this context, thinking about something like that, that is meaningful. So in this in that spirit, mm-hmm. I want to ask both of you, Travis, can you please tell me if you remember uh, your experience from uh, your first pride? Oh, this is a really great question. Um <laughs> So I do remember I had was out. I'd been out for a while, but it was when I was in law school because I happened to be in New York City over the summer and I was volunteering with uh, the Audre Lorde Project and they walked and they were walking in pride 
So that was my first experience. I think I was 24? 23, maybe? Um, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I, I, I assume from your brief description, it was very fun. <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> left out the details. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh and um, I guess. He said, "He said a fun time was had by all, and a I'll fun leave time it was had by all." <laughs> no, it was like I remember. I remember getting up that morning and like putting on like, you know, it's funny. Well, I'll tell the story. I remember getting up that morning and putting on the outfit and like this very cute what pants. Was the outfit? Were, like, Tell us about the outfit. So the pants were like the pants were kind of very see through, with like a black, um, a black mesh top that was like out in the back. Yes. And I remember getting there and like this boy I had a crush on was also in the parade with us. So I like spent Ooh. most of the day flirting with him. He was not receptive. Um, <laughs> that was fine because there were tons of beautiful people around. Um, there were lots of fights, which were also fun. I got grabbed a lot, which was also fun. <laughs> um, and, you know, it was also a time where like lots. And so this is what I'm talking. This is like it. This is sort of like what I'm talking about when you're at Pride and you see like the floats with all like, in my memory, it's like a lot of white boys in like mm-hmm. underwear on floats, right? Um, but that was a year <laughs> that like lots of black people, lots of queer young people of color were being killed, right? Like Sakia Gunn had been killed, like a lot of that was happening. Mm-hmm. And there didn't feel like a space at that time to like honor those people at Pride. Um, so like that was happening at the same time and like i was also used to like the pier being a very queer youth of color space but at pride um those were the kids that like police those were the people that police were really sort of like watching um so there was always sort of like that double consciousness of pride like why all this is happening people are having very different experiences both of themselves as queer people at this moment and of this even like specific parade because i remember leaving um, and having a change of clothes with me because I knew I was going to leave after dark and I didn't want to go back to my neighborhood wearing what I was wearing. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure there are a lot of people who make considerations like that. But that's um, that says a lot. That says a lot. It's also a very important point that you make about the pier and and Christopher Street, which I know is regionally specific, but for our listeners all over the world, uh, the Christopher Street Pier, long, long history uh, of young LGBTQ identified people. And part of the reason that Travis and I know each other so well is that we used to work together at an organization that did a lot of outreach to young people on the pier. A lot of them were homeless. A lot of them did sex work. A lot of them were people of color in a very high concentration. Uh, but the problem trans- was like specifically transgender kids. Oh, yes. Uh. Specifically trans kids, a lot of specifically trans kids. Um, but what happened is that that neighborhood changed. I think that part of the West Village used to be like you know, it was just like a gay neighborhood. It was um, normal people could live there. Right. And then Sex in the City came out and everybody wanted to live in the West Village. Uh, and then, you know, all those people got displaced and normal people couldn't live there. So it was kind of just a bunch of fancy people who didn't want, you know, black and brown trans teenagers like hanging out on their block or whatever. So a lot of the work that we did at the door was outreach to them to try and protect that space and keep it safe for them. 
Um, and that struggle continues, but that is a, a very historical space. And that's where the Pride Parade in New York City ends, is right at Christopher Street, which is where right near where Stonewall is, where the Stonewall Inn is, and just blocks away from the actual pier. And, you know, I hadn't, I had considered that, you know, when we were um, in the parade together, Travis, because I thought, where'd all the kids go? You know, like when, yeah. <laughs> when we finally got to Christopher Street, all the kids, all the kids that I knew who hung out there, who were, I mean, without a doubt, the most vulnerable members of the LGBTQ community at that parade that day were gone. Um, either because they were swept out beforehand by the police who were trying to make room for more savory versions of, you know, <laughs> LGBTQ identified people or whatever, or they were the ones getting harassed by the police. Um, that's a really important point. Thank you for mm-hmm. that, Travis. Um, Imani, can I ask you about your memories from your first pride experience, your first pride parade? I smell. Um, yes. (laughs) Don't make it sound like you're digging around back to the fifties or so like you were at the (laughs) Yeah, like this memory is in black and white. This this memory is sepia toned. (laughs) Picture it. Picture it, the Bay Area. I need like a heart playing to bring it back. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I remember it. I remember it. It was an interesting time. My first pride was I was 19, uh, undergrad in college in San Francisco. And I had just had a breakup, a pretty bad one. Um, so it's a good time to go to pride. You know, it's perfect I'm, time. Perfect I'm, time. I'm it was great. It was great. Um, mostly because it was one of those breakups that was like, we broken up, but are we? It was interesting. Um, mm, I, I know them well. I dragged my straight best friend who I dragged to everything, whom I dragged to everything. And she'd be just side-eyeing me the whole time. Like, really? Yes, you're coming. Um, so my straight best friend and an aunt that I was really close to back then. She's about two years older than me, but she's also, um, lesbian. Well, sometimes. Yeah. She's, she's on this. She's on, you know, she's there somewhere in the middle. Um, heteroflexible. Anyway, there we go. Heteroflexible. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yes. Like homo flexible because most Got of the it. time she likes women. Um, and occasionally she'll let a man in her good graces. Um, but we were really close back then. She she dragged me to Pride. I dragged my best friend. And I didn't even know what to wear. Honestly, I wore like a crop zip-up hoodie kind of thing from back before Victoria's Secret and Pink were separated. I'm telling you, I'm old. Um, they were the same <laughs> children. Um, so it said pink on it, but it was like newly pink. Um, and then like some really skin-tight jeans and like some wedges because, you know, heels hurt. Um and my hair was just blown out. I have a lot of hair. And I had like rainbow glitter on my eyelids. And that was pretty much it. Didn't know anything about Pride, what to even expect. We walked around a lot and met up with a lot of people she knew. She had been in the game a little bit longer than me. Um, but it was fun because it was just a lot of dancing and food. And I love food. Um, and I ran into one of my aunts who's also lesbian, who's always at a booth advocating for something or other. Um, and she then fed us some more. Um, and then we went to the pink party afterwards and that's when I learned about it. And it was amazing. It was dancing in the streets. Are you guys familiar with the pink party? No. Oh, well, it is a, generally it is an after party to the San Francisco pride. So it's after the day of priding, there's usually a pink party. It's on Saturdays. Um, and basically you can, uh, you can go in, they check you and everything, but it's in the street and there's different 
like different corners that are playing different kinds of music. And basically it's a gigantic outdoors twerk fest. Um, Love it. Yes. So Accurate. It's, it's not, that's what it is. Lots of uh, bacon wrapped hot dogs and alcohol. Um, but that's it. And it literally goes <laughs> all night. It, it, it goes until like one or two in the morning. And then eventually they're like, all right, we're done. So I remember spurts of the pink party um that's all i'm going to say i don't really mm-hmm. it's blurry that's fair it's i think fair. that's what they say that's what they say about the pink party if you remember it you weren't there right seriously and then afterwards <laughs> i remember being on cloud nine because a whole bunch of gay men had decided that i was cute and that was like the best compliment and so I was feeling myself a little bit walking down the street. And the only reason I know that part is because my friends have a video of it and they remind me every day of my life um, that I, I thought I was Tyra Banks and I was strutting down the street to Bart. And it took, though, like 30 minutes in heels and my ankles were almost broken the next day. But I just was so happy with myself. It didn't matter. I didn't even feel the pain. So I woke up the next day. That's my first pride. Why? Well, I, I mean, it, that's wonderful i'm it's bringing me memories because when i think of pride i'm torn between because half of my pride experiences are in san francisco where i grew up and then half of my pride experiences are in new york where i've lived for a long time it's just very nice to have both of you here kind of bringing these memories back for me um especially the pink party which really was a lot of fun it was so much which fun. was at civic center right was are, are, did they still do it at civic center because no. i know they started down there no, when they started taking away the Pink Party, they started doing the Civic Center thing. Um, Pink Party, you had to like walk some blocks. Yeah, sometimes we caught Muni. Sometimes we just kind of jumped on a bus. Um, jumped on, meaning yeah. most people didn't pay. Um, but I remember you had to travel from where the main Pride things were happening to Pink Party. Every time it was yeah. like this mass exodus of rainbow. It was lovely. It was great. But it was the cool party. It, it was, was the, the cool after party. party. Mm-hmm. And it was yeah. free. They yeah. um they asked for donations, quote unquote. So I always tried to give them five bucks. You technically couldn't bring in bottles of liquor. So that's when we started getting creative. You can even Amazon like scarves that have liquor in them now. Um, mm. had to get a friend with big boobs and stuff a lot of stuff in there. You know, we got creative. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also, you know, this, this also... Is, is something I wanted to explore with you too, just because uh, where you grow up has a lot to do with what your first pride experience is or coming out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I know you said, Imani, you grew up in Oakland, you grew up in the Bay Area, you're, you know, proximity to San Francisco, went to college in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine, I mean, it's just such, it's a, in many, many ways, a very supportive environment to be a gay person or a young gay person or LGBT identified person, um, which is different from growing up somewhere else. So I wonder for you, Imani, like, was the first Pride kind of like not super eventful because you were already doing your thing anyway and kind of had your own self-assured identity and there was no a greater significance there? You know, I would like to say yes, but no. Um like I mentioned before, my first pride, I was 19. Um, I didn't even realize that I liked women until I, it was my senior year in high school. So I had only been out essentially for like a year and a half by then. Um, and I have a very supportive family that was taking it in very interesting ways. Um, so of course the initial response and I didn't come out, I still wasn't quite sure what was happening. And then some shadiness happened and someone kind of dragged me out. They put me on speakerphone to prove a different point, And that's how my whole family found out. I liked girls. Um, wow. Yeah. 
Um, so I think my family's initial response was extremely supportive. And that's what I expected. My dad actually cried tears of joy because he was like, thank God, I thought you were going to get pregnant really early. And I was like, really, dad? Uh, really? That's what you're tripping about? Um, and so that was the initial reaction was extreme support. And like, we would love you no matter what. But then over the next year and a half, Little things started happening with my parents where like they, I had a best friend who's a gay man um, and we've been best friends since high school. Um, and all of a sudden, once I was out, they decided, quote unquote, that they didn't know if my brothers who were younger than me were ready for gay friends. You know, it was coming out in very interesting ways. So while I felt extremely supported initially, I kind of didn't by the time I was going to my first pride. And I wasn't going to my first pride because you know, I was feeling extremely proud to be out. It was more like a, there's this giant party happening in San Francisco where we can get over your ex. Let's go. It, it, it didn't feel like, like celebrating my queerness until following years, you know? Um, and mm. so being able to make the decision to go once I was very aware that that's what I was going for was extremely liberating. But and in, in the beginning, when I was first going, it just felt like another party in the Bay Area. Um, and yes, we have a very um, we have a very inclusive culture in general here, but I also feel like it's kind of skin deep. You know, um, sometimes I feel like in the Bay Area, oftentimes people have been taught what to say. You know, they know the right things to say in order not to be labeled, you know, a bigot or a Karen or whatever it is nowadays. Um, but mm -hmm. I also don't. I also felt often, especially after my parents and the rest of my family, and then even some friends of mine, like their families, it was just weird energy. No one ever said anything extremely terrible. It was just like it it surfaced in interesting ways. Um, it made me feel more so than ever that like, no, people are just really good at hiding it out here. Like y'all accept us until, you know, there's always that mm, until we're going to go through it to a thing for my job. So let's just pretend your gay friend is actually your boyfriend. And, you know, of course I'm proud of you, but you know, let's just right. think of whoever. And so I will have to say to actually answer your question. Yes. Like I think that being in this culture was a saving grace essentially, because I could feel accepted by like mentors and people outside of my immediate friends and family. But I also feel like, it also opened my eyes a lot more to what, to how proud I could be for a while. And then eventually you get old, I'm old, and then you just don't give a shit. And now I don't care. Um, but in the beginning, it was actually tough. It's tougher to navigate when it's not blatant, I think, because you're not sure who's going to be interestingly weird about it. You know, internally, mm -hmm. you're not sure. Like, I, I would actually prefer someone to say it out loud, because then I know now to avoid that person, you know? Um, right. Or not to oh, that's an important point. in that circle. Yeah. 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 It's a very important point. Um, I'm I'm interested, Travis, in what you said earlier just about intersectionality and how the tone around pride has changed this year um, because of where our country is and these very difficult conversations that we're having about race and these very conversa difficult conversations we're having about the police and inclu inclusivity and exclusivity and violence and excluded groups and included groups. Um, have you noticed a change in tenor when you're talking to friends, when you're going online, like in pride conversations this year that they do seem to be making an effort to 
take a serious look at that intersectionality or is that something that you think should be happening or what, what are you, what are you seeing? I think, yeah, I think that because of the moment that we're in, where sort of like anti-racism conversations are happening, then you necessarily have to have conversations about pride in an anti-racist way, um, which then spawns conversations about inclusivity and who's been left out, who's been marginalized. So yeah, I'm definitely seeing a lot of that. I have been seeing a lot of it building up to pride, but I'm seeing a lot of it now too. And you could you sense that that was something that has needed to happen for a long time, right? I mean, you mentioned at your first Pride talking about, you know, who was there and who was featured prominently and the fact that the face of Pride was always a gay white man. Is this does this feel like something finally coming to fruition for you, something that you've a conversation you've wanted to see happen uh, finally starting? Um, it definitely feels like the start of a conversation. I think a lot of groups, um, I'm thinking particularly about like trans people of color have taken so much ground um, in terms of visibility, in terms of um, just organizing that I think they deserve a lot of the credit for like pushing this conversation forward, like demanding it, I guess is what I'm saying. And so... What I'm seeing now is a lot of people stepping up to the table, willing to have the difficult conversations. Right. Imani, are you are you kind of seeing the same thing? You said there was a protest today or yesterday. Are, are you seeing that um, all of these movements are kind of coming together into one movement and that there's some pride flavor to the pre-existing anti-racism protests? Um, what, what is it? What does that look like as these things are kind of interacting where you are in the Bay Area? Um, I think traditionally the Bay Area were pretty good at merging um, things like that anyway, um, like and being pretty supportive when it comes to protests. We just like to protest. Um, but I think that I'm seeing it's not so much merged in the, the protests that I've been to or that I've been, you know, seeing or that friends of mine are going to. It's more like, um, you know, support, but like very very clear like we are clearly lgbtq there's three q's now right qqui um we're very clearly you know proud and also supporting this um i don't think and i think that sometimes at the protests you know it's not very visible you can't really tell who's there which i don't think it matters as long as we're out in the masses and supporting what it is that we believe in but i also think like this month in particular during some of the protests there have been way more rainbow flags you know flown and so i think that um we're being unapologetic as usual but like even more proud and even more loud and even more in your face like and we're at the protests and we are supporting you know we are supporting you know the Black Lives Matter movement, but we are also still, you know, fighting in our own things. So I think that they're merged because they're, um, I'll say, you know, inter intersected. So, but I yeah. think that we still, you know, there's still a lot to do separately as well, but I think we could get more done together, personally. So yeah. I love the fact well, that, that everybody came together right now, very clearly that yeah. it's like, the queer community is with Black Lives Matter, you know? Yeah. Travis, um, before we get out of here, I, I do want to take us down memory lane, back to our own sepia-toned memories. <laughs> to when you and I were marshals in the New York City Pride Parade. Uh, 
I yeah. think it was 2009. It might have been I 2000. I want to say 2010. Okay. 2010 makes sense. Uh, very memorable. Lots of fun. I remember your outfit very clearly. Uh, I won't reveal it. You feel free to reveal it yourself. I don't remember what it was. I, so. Oh, it was like a full linen. I know I did not wear the t-shirt that I was supposed to wear. Oh, yeah, I know. I, and and then I felt stupid for wearing it because they so you know, we were there for this organization. That's how we ended up being marshals. Uh, but uh, I wore the shirt and then I felt like a dork because you didn't wear the shirt and you looked a lot cooler What's than I did. But, but, yeah, you know, they tell. give you a T-shirt if you're going to be a, if you're a marshal in the parade, they give you just a T-shirt to wear so that people can identify you as a marshal. So it's just like oh. a stupid, unflattering, yeah. whatever, double XL, Gildan It's basically PCP. like hall monitor, like what? hall monitor yeah. at Pride yes. That's like basically hey, hey. what it looks like. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it, it takes away some of the glamour that you might associate with the title marshal. The shirt. I have to find the Are picture. Are you allowed to like yeah. cut it up and make it cute? Yeah, yes. I mean, basically, you're allowed to do whatever you want, I guess. But, you know, Russell I Russell did not do that. I did not do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. And, and we, have, we have photographic evidence. Yes, be that's me. I always like to make sure everybody's following the rules. <laughs> I well, think I, I used mine as a towel. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It was hot. Good call. That, that was, was our main job to make sure nobody passed out. We were like, you drink yep. some water, young person. So you were a homeowner. You know? basically ways yeah i mean we were already old at that point so we were there to like support the young people that Mm -hmm. we worked with who were literally teenagers you know it was their party and we were um you know i guess chaperones i guess isn't that the other word they used sure yeah you know or like we were like party dads you know (laughs) party dads yeah Yeah. oh here no i have a lighter if you need a light here you go here you go (laughs) let's harm reduce let's harm reduce yes Excuse me, young man, please, please climb down from that light post. That's not very safe. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was wild because a bunch of the kids, you remember Anthony, uh, who was the dance teacher there. I think he still does some dance uh, stuff there, but they had those spring shoes. Somebody had donated a bunch of yes. shoes that had springs on them. There was a whole choreographed dance that involved yes. those springy shoes. Yes, but then those kids had to be in springy shoes for the whole thing, oh, which is no. not as easy as it sounds. And then our job, I mean, really as marshals, what you're supposed to do is so to keep that they don't die. <laughs> well, also, yes. <laughs> First, first to make sure that they don't go too slow. And then after that, make sure that they don't die. But yeah, there, there were a lot of factors working against them. But what we had to do, they would do their whole choreographed. And those kids were so excited. I mean, it was, oh, yeah. you know, for a lot of them, it was their first pride and they were performing and people were cheering oh. and they ate it up. So they wanted to run up and, you know, shake hands with the people, you know, because they were famous. And then, of course, taking you know, pictures with people. And we yes. had to be like, keep, go, go. Yeah, keep we moving. were the ones like, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Today's not the also, day for hanging you're out too and feeling young good to about be exchanging numbers. You're too young to be exchanging numbers with that person. Please keep moving. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get involved in any of that. I, 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 I respect did. your agency. I, I respect your agency, young I person. I did not. I did not. Good Feel job. free to make all the terrible job, decisions Patty. you like. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I to insert myself into that? You know, there's a word for that, which Marshall. I the word saying. is Marshall. The, the word, word is Marshall. Marshall. The T-shirt should have said cock blocker. That's what I was going to say. Job, yeah. One job, one <laughs> job. Right, right. One job. Good job, Travis. Well, the moral of this. Well, first of all, I have to describe the outfit, and then I'll get to the moral of the story. The outfit was beautiful. 
like flowy white linen pants. You don't remember this outfit? They don't. Travis, nothing. They don't. And then, um, I mean, I definitely had an Angela Bassett esque <laughs> style then, so that sounds about yeah, right. It was, yeah, it was very, uh, yes, you're, you're nailing it. Actually, I'm trying to picture this. Yes, it was, it was, it was straight, straight out of waiting to exhale. Damn, you look great, but I thought, I thought it looked like the, um, the boys to men video water runs dry oh, right and was, right and then, <laughs> and then as i say it looks like the boys to men. and then you thought i was making fun of you and then i felt bad because i was it was actually a compliment because when i was a kid boys to men they were like as Look cool really as you cool right you know but not exactly. in 2010 so i was like not in 2010 you were like what oh i look like a boys to men video i look like a music video from 20 years ago <laughs> asshole nice t-shirt call monitor <laughs> that my, oh it was a black tank top. That was my Angela Bassett. It was a black tank top and yes. those pants. Yes. Yes. It was great. And we yeah, will just just so everybody knows for our listeners, Imani, Emang, all of you, I know where that photo is. And we would I would like to put it on the website just oh to share. Uh, you know, I, it's shocking to I know that they had it. photography back then. Yes, please. I, as I recall, the, the photographer. He had to like put his head under a hood. It was one of those kind of cameras, you know what I mean? Where yeah. you gotta like, there's like a whole cape that you put over. It's like one of those like <laughs> pictures where you see like gay people in the 1800s. It's like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. I look like a gay couple. <laughs> Wait, yeah, pretty much. We look like a, we look like yeah. queer like cowboys out west. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Perfect. So I, I, I hope everybody's excited for this photograph yes. now. We've, we've built it up. <laughs> it, it will not disappoint. <laughs> Can you send it to me right now? <laughs> yes. It always pops up. I think we put it on Facebook at the time. So it's like anytime it's like, oh, nine yeah. years later. Anniversary. Years later, like, yeah. As the years keep somewhere. adding them up, I'm like, God damn, like 33 years later, your shared memory with Travis. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God, I get it. I was young once. I get it. <laughs> I feel you say that you say that, Travis, but I really get the sense. I feel like I've known you for a long time. I really get the sense that you were just born over it, kind of. <laughs> I think right? that's this true. Is, I think that's this is right. not about age. This is just about I like, think that's oh, right. like you were four. You were like, oh, are we still here? Can I'm we just over, get out of here? I'm yeah, over. I'm done. Yes. I'm an extrovert. Introvert. Still... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done entertaining you people. I need to go home. I couldn't home have done this at nap. home. I couldn't have learned this at home. Right. This could have yeah. been an email. <laughs> that is yes. how I felt about high school. That is how I felt about high school. <laughs> Well, luckily, that's what kids get to do now. You know, I guess maybe be careful what you luckily. wish for. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could do. This I can at say home luckily because I do. don't have any kids. Luckily, they get to do it at home because yeah, I don't have true. to teach them. <laughs> yeah. nice. All right. Well, then that's today was the day. It is Sunday, the day that we're recording. By the time you hear this, it'll be a couple days later. So Pride Month will be officially be over. But for those who are here now, there are still a couple days left in the month. Do you have any plans? In the final days of Pride, either of you, Trav Imani, what are your last days of Pride? What's on your Pride bucket list this year? I'm going to be uh, very proudly queer in quarantine, though. Queer and teen. Can I be the first one to say Gay and teen. Gay and teen. Gay and teen. All of it. All of it. 
Good. That's good to hear. I always like it when I hear people are being careful. I, I went out last night to go pick up a pizza and some pasta and then scurry back to my home. People, it looked like it looked like the summer of Sam out there. Thousands of people, man, smoking cigarettes, blowing smoke yep. in each other's faces. Yeah. <laughs> right. How can I give you Corona yeah. right now? What's the what's yeah. how can I get it right now? I need yeah. a spray Drunk people That's making people out. Oh. Be like making out and they'd be like, what's, what's your name again? Ah, who cares? Oh ah, ah, Have ah. you guys heard about that yeah. new thing? They're doing dumpster pools. They're just putting water in dumpsters. Yeah. And it's disgusting. And yeah. something worse than, than, than uh, yeah, something worse than Corona, I swear. Yeah, there's going to be a whole other disease that yeah. comes out of that. Yeah, that you can't quarantine from. <laughs> scurvy. Did you say scurvy? Scurvy. <laughs> Dysentery. They're gonna bring back some organ trail shit. Let's go some organ trail. All of a sudden, there's no vitamin C, and people are getting scurvy. All of a sudden. Yeah, and then I'll have to have like someone, that. you know, fetch a gin and tonic because that's the only please cure for <laughs> Yes, extra lime, please. I've got scurvy. I need opium. <laughs> yes. Opium will put out this fire. What? <laughs> she said scurvy. Uh, Travis, she will, really you said also, scurvy. Will, she did say scurvy. Good, I like it. <laughs> it's the second wave. It's the scurvy Yo, second wave. If scurvy comes back, I'm gonna be really mad. If scurvy, because this is the year. This is the year. <laughs> That scurvy will pop up. I'm gonna be real mad, Amani. I'm gonna find you. We just met, but I, I have you be knowing. Oh wow! <laughs> you tried to warn us. Honestly, if it yeah. back, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just drag my feet to your house. <laughs> Here I am. Why did you? Why did you tempt 2020? You can't put that in the air. No. If you say it out loud, it, you're willing it. You, you willed the scurvy now. So much has happened this year. I was trying to come gotta up bring with something back. that can't come back. That's why I said it. I don't know, man. I don't Look, know. Every, all things are possible. Have you read the Odyssey? Don't do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Lord. I mean, people don't vaccinate anymore. Anything the pirate flag. You got you know that, right? That's the history of the pirate flag. Oh, was if yes. a boat had, if a boat had scurvy, they they put a black flag up oh, that had skull God. and crossbones. Oh, they knew to avoid it. And then the pirates were just savages about it. So whether whether there was a whether they had scurvy or not, they're like, let's just put the flag up. They won't bother us. It was like you couldn't get pulled over, basically. You oh, know what no. I mean? That's <laughs> like, good to know. Like, no one's gonna mess with you because you got a scurvy flag. I mean, honestly, yeah, so after the killer, it was a rainbow pirate flag. The murder hornets. So, yeah, after the murder hornets, I, I let go and let God. It is what it is. You're right. I read right. something that right. said the sun decided it's going to take a break soon, and I was like, what? Okay. I don't even know. If What's going to take a break? I looked up the source, and it was an, a real source, but it wasn't like NASA. But in Wait, but what, what's going to take a break the soon? The sun. So in so many words, it was basically saying, <laughs> and I don't know how... How like I, this probably is something that happens all the time. I'm not like I don't I'm not into stars and stuff. But apparently something's gonna happen where the sun very soon is gonna like kind of dim. I forget the reason. Um, and then there's <laughs> gonna be a lot of people freezing to death um, in places that are already maybe it'll cold. offset. It could offset climate change. Maybe <laughs> that could just be the flicker, exactly the flicker we need right about now. That would be great. Right. Sometimes you gotta restart. Sometimes you got to restart the pilot light. Right, right. Yeah. Somebody just kind of like pressed, uh, pressed power off like on your computer or your phone. 
and just did yeah. a hard restart on the planet. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know what it was? Somebody was praying and they said, God, I really feel like the world is in a bad place right now. What should I do? And God said, well, have you tried unplugging it and plugging it back in? <laughs> yeah. Exactly what happened. <laughs> Our prayers. I think we ended on a high note with uh, talking to God and unplugging the sun and plugging it back in. Because I think that's, yeah. I, I, like, I like that as an outro. But I do, I do want to take the time to thank both of you for being here, Imani and Travis. This was a hilarious, informative, rollicking, good time, as all prides should be. So thanks to both of you for being here to have this conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you for once again being the marshal of my pride. <laughs> and uh, Imani, you're wonderful. This is your first time here. I really hope it's not your last time. You're welcome back anytime. You are a joy. Thanks to both of you. Thanks Thank as always you. to our listeners. And until next time, quest on, everybody. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.